Welcome to the Field of 68's Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. We are the Weave, the three-man Weave. We're back. We had a couple days off, fellas, but you know now we get to welcome in all the college football fans who are ready to join the basketball world now that their sport has yes. finally, mercifully come to a close. To. Kai, uh, do you have any takeaways from Monday night? There was, there was actually some hoops amid the national title game hoopla. You know, Jim, not a whole lot from Monday. Uh, I'll be honest. It was a good day of hoops. You can go back to Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, it's a good day of hoops. Let's go back to Saturday real quick. The amount of upsets, uh, incredible. Miami beats Duke. Our Mizzou Tigers, Jim, beat Alabama. Holy cow. Right side up flag. Yep, that's that's right. They earned it. But Matt is guy I need to apologize to. I, I scoffed at him saying Rice would beat UAB. And guess what? Rice beat UAB. Arguably the most, Owls. I won't say the most surprising result, but right up there, in my opinion, with a Miami over Duke net. That was, that was shocking. Wow. How about Kai going with old CUSA for the, the headline of his weekend? I'm with you. That was a shocking result, despite me being on the beloved Owls. Jim, last night, I'll get another undercard shout out. The SWAC, man. Some wacky results in that conference. Uh, we don't really talk a lot about it on this program. Uh, we tried to focus on the heavy hitters, the more important needle mover programs, but uh, Prairie View AM lost to Mississippi Valley State over the weekend. Just an absolute shocking result. So the Delta Devils getting their first one. Way to go them. But man, the Panthers, they were angry last night. They finally got their first one of the season. And then sure enough, uh, Jackson State had the other perennial favorite in that conference is now 0-3. Mm-hmm. Just like we've seen with a lot of these low major programs, it, it's you throw it in the blunder. This new season, I think, coming off a year where we saw like record transfer and turnover of roster, it like allowed these crappy teams to completely hit a reset button. And then like the top, the creme de la creme, haven't had the stranglehold they had the last two or three seasons. So I don't know. It's kind of a fun year for the low major. Should be a wacky and wild ride to the finish. Indeed, Matt. Uh, I'm going to say Tom Crean was a big winner last night, guys, because now maybe yes. Georgia fans just won't even notice how bad their basketball team is. <laughs> there you go. Not even going to pay attention. Good angle. Uh, but speaking of national title, Kai, Alabama lost. Now tonight they have a giant, giant basketball game, the Iron Ball. I don't know if it's called that, but I'm calling it that. I like the Iron I like Ball. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Uh, Auburn coming to town, big time rivalry here. Uh, I don't know if the crowd will be as hype. Maybe they'll be a little uh, hungover and dejected. Yeah, that's my angle. Is this like a hangover crowd? Is this like, are the players, were they out celebrating last night at the championship? Are they not celebrating? celebrating I'll tell you that much. I'm sorry. Well, they drinking their <laughs> drowning their sorrows, I guess. Was there any sort of alcohol related activity last night? My no, 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 no. Matt, I, I, I think my angle here is it's a little bit of a buy low, sell high with Alabama coming mm-hmm. off that yeah. just horrendous loss at Mizzou, which shot quality said Alabama should have won by 10 and Auburn. I mean, you can't be higher than Auburn is right now. Can you, or can they just keep rising? So I was hoping to bet Alabama, like for my mortgage and then a few other people's mortgage out there, but I think the odds makers brace themselves for the potential of just this floodgate of Alabama money opening it. I think one and a half, it got bet up pretty quickly to two. Now it's at three and Kai, the matchup concerns are pretty substantial from Alabama. Like I think if you're hitting Alabama at this current price, laying a field goal um, as awesome as they are at home, as important as that home crowd is the comfort, the juice that that provides that prolific offense, uh, which has had its ups, its ups and downs this year. There's a lot of matchup concerns that makes me steer clear of laying the hammer, laying the wood, on roll tide. I still have a small play on them at minus two, but I cannot endorse it with uh, any emphatic confidence here. 
Yeah, I, I love Auburn. I, I'm not surprised Alabama took money. Um, it, it's the quintessential bounce back for them, right? You lose to a bad team on the road. You get back home against your big rival, who is also a highly ranked team right now. And you try to avoid dropping to 500 in, the, in, in conference play. There's a lot to be motivated for if you're Alabama here. Auburn, maybe, Jim, a little bit less potent on the road this season. They have been. They covered against South Carolina, but other games like South Florida, they've looked a little bit less than a national title contender. Matchup, though, Matt, I agree. Auburn is favorable here so long. The pressure's ridiculous. Kessler, I think, is a really tough matchup for Alabama inside. Three and a half now at Bet Rivers. I'm leaning towards Auburn. Too much. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same with these guys. I was like excited about the spot, thought that the Missouri loss would really depress the spread down to like minus one, and that's clearly not the case. Uh, Matchup-wise, it's terrifying. Like Alabama doesn't take mid-range jumpers. It's it's rim or three, and you're not getting the rim against this Auburn team, not with Kessler there, not even with Cardwell as the backup guy, and their perimeter is pretty long. They'll pressure you, so the three-point shots aren't going to be super open. So. Yeah, at this number, I would have to lean towards Auburn. It's a very conflicting spot versus matchup, I think. All right, let's move on. Next one in the order here, Oklahoma at Texas. I don't have a clever basketball Red River name for this one, but (laughs) it's out there. Somebody's going to come up with it. Uh, Kai, we got no Trey Mitchell for Texas again. They looked anemic offensively at Oklahoma State, just horrific. And honestly, Kai, you're kind of the bracketology guy with me. This team is like an eight seed right now. They have no Q1 wins, yeah. nothing impressive on the resume. Uh, some of the analytical rankings are high, but they got to start racking up some wins. And this one, while not a Q1 win today, could eventually become that if Oklahoma rises a little bit. So I think this is a – you need a desperate effort from Texas. Spot for Texas, not dissimilar to Alabama, right? They're back home after losing on the road. They want to avoid going two and two in league play. Probably more desperate for a win, Jim, than Alabama, because as you mentioned, the resume is not looking too good here. Trey Mitchell did seem to matter quite a bit against Oklahoma State. But Matt, Oklahoma's off a giant win themselves. They, they beat Iowa State. They've only played one other true road game this season. They hung around with Baylor, so that's a pretty good road game. And say what you will about Texas' offense. Their defense has been nails. Number four turnover rate in the country. That's concerning for an Oklahoma team that turns the ball over quite a bit. And I'll say this again. I said this on last show. Texas, Matt, 0-3 when they give up over 60 points in a game. I don't think Oklahoma can get there tonight. I think I think this is Texas's game. Spread's gotten up there for my liking. Six, six and a half is a lot without Mitchell in a low possession game. But I do think they get this win. I made my number and like, oh, really? Minus eight? That feels high, Matt. And I look eight? at the oh. opener and it's like, ah, I, I think that's a better one. Um, Texas has not like put anyone away convincingly all year. I mean, Kansas state, they needed a a late rally to come back and win that game. Although they did win by a pretty substantial margin there, Oklahoma state. We just saw that they finally kind of met someone that could match their physicality up front that couldn't get past them. Even the game against Stanford in mid December, kind of a throwaway game, but basically West Virginia, but no one was they had on, no like, players. Yeah. yeah Kansas State no and West Virginia were both really limited roster wise. Exactly. So you can kind of poke holes at some of these results here. And then, I mean, Gonzaga, I guess they kind of hung around a little bit, but I feel like that game played closer to 20 than it did 12. I don't know, man. I think Texas is the right side from a price perspective. I think you're getting a pretty cheap uh, number here to like six and a half, but this game will probably play pretty low. And I just haven't seen the evidence that Texas can, um, get a lead and then hold it consistently throughout an entire 40 minutes, especially against poor Moser, man. Like that's just not a guy you want to fade as a dog. That's it. Like the, a team with no offensive juice against Porter Moser game plan scares me a lot. 
Like, I, I don't see how they score enough to be like a demonstrative cover. I don't think they're going to win by 15 or anything. So this one's a stay away for me as well. Uh, I think these guys hit both the key points uh, in terms of matchup and price. So we'll keep going uh, to another top 10 team here, Kentucky on the road at Vanderbilt. We don't know severe Wheeler's status, but the market doesn't seem to care, Matthew. They've been, uh, the Wildcats no. have been vet up on the road here. Coming off a Vanderbilt performance that I would call a little bit embarrassing. They gave up 75% shooting inside the arc to South Carolina. That's terrible. That spells trouble against Oscar Shibwe. Oh, yeah. Do, do you think Big Blue runs away? Yeah, I do. Uh, like, what? I mean, we all know what Vandy home court is, right? It has kind of that awkward camera angle with the weird sideline things. That can be a house of horrors. It has been in years past. I don't think there's any real oomph in that crowd tonight. Kai, I didn't give much for home in this handicap. Jimmy brought up the obvious matchup advantage for Kentucky. Here's the rub, though, for Big Blue Nation. A lot of local reports talking about how they're actually a lot better playing three guards going away from like that three big or I guess two big and wing bully ball lineup. So you kind of have this like tug of war, Kai, between where I think the matchup edges for tonight, especially without Liam Robbins with, for Vandy for the Wildcats versus where the Wildcats have actually played their best basketball at offense. Um, regardless, that's a nitpick aside. I think Kentucky rolls in this game. Yeah, Kentucky, Seville Wheeler being out, I, I think people are glossing over how important he is. Um, that Georgia game was not impressive. They were up three points at half, and they, they won the game by 15. That's an easy cover for Georgia. The spread was around 20, 23 points. Dandy, though, if they defend the paint like they did against South Carolina, allowing 74% from inside the arc, it's going to be a bloodbath for Shibway. Vandy forced 22 turnovers and still lost South Carolina. Um, this matchup definitely leans towards Kentucky here. They absolutely have the defensive chops to stop the Vanderbilt basket attack. Eight and a half, a little bit too high for me to lay here. Maybe Vanderbilt's super up for this game, and Wheeler matters in this one. Yeah, and Kentucky had a disappointing performance at Notre Dame, which is another team that I thought would have a, they would have a giant advantage in the paint. Uh, but Kyle, Liam Robbins ain't walking through that door yet, uh, apparently. No. He's not quite healthy. If he was in it, man, he would be enormous for this matchup. It sounds like it could be a while still. Sackhouse says before no, the end of the waiting. year. We yeah. keep just Big man feet are, are always mm -hmm. an issue. It's tough to get those right. Uh, okay, last one before we hit chat mob, guys. We're heading west. This is an early-ish tip-off, kind of afternoon ball. USC at Stanford. I believe it's a rescheduled game due to COVID pauses. Uh, Kai, we do have USC having already taken out one of the Bay Area squads. They kind of waxed Cal on the road. This is a an interesting matchup because Stanford's big edge everywhere is positional size, and yep. USC is actually bigger than them. So yep. I don't know what the matchup is for, is, is for Stanford. Yeah, two of the top four biggest teams in the country by height for Ken Palm. USC, much more talented top-line size, though. Stanford's bigs are big but they're not as talented. I think Mobley's a really tough match for Stanford. And also, Matt, USC's pretty good, and Stanford's not. And Stanford hasn't played since December 23rd. We've seen that matter for some teams and not matter for others. Who knows it'll matter for Stanford. USC already got its beak wet coming back from a pause against Cal, beat him easily. It's another light travel to Palo Alto. Um, I, I, I don't think Stanford's offense is going to score at all uh, against USC, especially considering they're not very good shooters. You just score inside the arc against USC, very difficult to do. Um, I think the the market has it right moving towards USC, six and a half now most places after opening round five. That's probably the way I lean as well. It's gotten a little bit too high for me. I certainly lean USC. Here's my concern for the Trojans. Uh, I just 
can't believe they haven't lost this year. I feel like we're not like talking about like, oh, USC still undefeated. Maybe those narratives are out there. I haven't been a part of those ecosystems. Those that, that schedule is on the West Coast, man. Pretty weak. West Coast, right? That's yeah. that's that's even like far beyond your your stopping ground, Shim. Um, so Kai, that aside, there's a tough schedule coming up for USC because they had some COVID cancellations. I think with a fairly limited bench, there's a time to fade USC in like the next week's stretch. I don't think tonight's the night though. Um, no. I'm looking to maybe fade them like upcoming this weekend when they're going to be on short legs. They basically ran their stars into the ground last game. Um, again, it could be just kind of a nitpick looking at the, the depth and, and how fatigued those guys might be. But I think there's a time to fade USC, but it's not tonight. Not here. Too cheap. Yeah, I'm worried, Matt, that you're you're kind of insinuating a potential Oregon on Saturday. We saw Oregon get smashed know, what by the this USC team last year. Yeah, we got to solve that team. Twice last year. Uh, the one thing I want to point out with USC guys, remember in the NCAA tournament, Isaiah Mobley made a bunch of threes and we're like, okay, now he's making threes. Yep, yep the step that, yeah, it was ridiculous. He's at 44% this year, and he's like last five games, five good. of six, two of five, two of five, two of three, two of three. Like he, He's hit multiple threes in five straight games. Yeah. Maybe it's legitimate. I'm starting to think maybe he uh, has added that to his game, and that's crazy if he has. So, yeah, lean towards USC. Price has gotten up there a little bit. Um, probably not going to lay it with the Trojans. Uh, all right, Matt, I know chat has been hot and heavy. Lots of games to discuss. What do you got for us? Running behind here on my tracking questions, but I'll, I'll play a little catch-up as we go here. I'm going to Jimmy uh, for this first one. We got Mac Shin tonight. Iona headed to Fairfield. Not tonight. Um, this is in like an hour. In an hour. That's right. It's a day game. I'm yeah. day ball today on a Tuesday. Yeah. Day ball. Huh. Not sure how I feel about it. I guess I like it because I don't actually have a full-time job. But anyway, so Jim, I guess does that have a, a spot for you in this handicap? Maybe a midday matinee flat lull of an effort for the Gales? I think they throttle Fairfield in a normal situation. I'm just worried about this feels a little trappy. Yeah, it feels a little trappy, but then I also like I don't think home court is going to matter much at all for these day tips. Uh, Quinnipiac Canisius is also day tip. Um, So I I like Diona at the opener. It's been bet up a little bit. Uh, I just yeah, I think they're kind of a different level. Uh, Hopefully they're like amped to get back up into conference play. They're coming off that one point loss at SLU. Uh, Fairfield has not been sharp after their COVID pause. So I I lean towards the Gales. Yep, hardly in toward Gales. Uh, I am fading Fairfield for like the next two weeks or so we'll see how that goes for me kai yes. uh, toledo faders anonymous uh, a program that jim started so aptly last season uh, still in, in effect as as i and others have the propensity to want to fade the rockets despite now creeping into the top 100 of ken palm mm. i like miami tonight so i'll be going back to that uh, addictive well again what say you i don't like either side matthew um jim pointed out in our offline chat todd kovalchek i believe it's a rocco miller tweet has won 15 straight games against Miami of Ohio. That's that's pretty incredible. Um, when you consider the MAC, usually a pretty wide open conference. I will not be fading Toledo, Matthew. I wish you luck in your bet on Miami of Ohio. Yeah, I'm tempted to take Toledo as a dog. I, I I think they should be favored. It's a good matchup for. I guess you could cut it both ways. Both teams are very perimeter oriented and lack interior size. I think it's a high scoring game. I guess I'd like the over if you want to get some action. New Mexico at UNLV going all the way down to the bottom of the board late night, Jim, in your backyard. The Lobos have been a darling for the Weave. Um, almost blew a pretty massive lead last game. They've certainly not a team that it's a wild roller coaster. The in-game swings are are substantial. I think they're catching too many, though, at the Revs. Your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I, I saw I, – sorry, I didn't get the name. It flew by in the chat as I was hosting. But uh, you mentioned that they've lost two bigs, and that is – 
key. I mean, Muscadden is now in a coma after leaving the program. That's tough uh, to, to get through. And then Emmanuel Quach is out for the season. He's been there like small ball big. I think Forsling is terrible, their center. But UNLV is not really going to take advantage of that. Right. So it is a tough spot for New Mexico with kind of the, the letdown that the chat mentioned. But I don't love UNLV as a favorite either. So I, I think it's probably lean towards New Mexico there. Yeah, I think UNLV, if they get on the glass, they can give Lobo some problems. Uh, I think that's going to come back to buy him eventually. Kai, Hofstra, Towson. Uh, hmm. Towson, one of those teams that were just like, are they really this good? Uh, and they, they have been. But, man, the pride have been nothing short of magnificent themselves. Uh, this line got bet pretty heavily. Yeah. Uh, money came in on Hofstra early. I think knocked us out. Are you still looking to back them here at the cheaper price? Or is it plus, plus two and a half right on the borderline for me for a Hofstra bet here. I think you saw money come in because of Terry Nolan um, seemed to have gotten hurt last game for Towson. He's huge for them. Their fans will tell you the same thing. Like they basically the sky is falling. If he's not in the lineup for them, uh, Zach cooks probably out for Hofstra still hasn't mattered as much. Hofstra has been just fine with, without him. Um, I lean their way here, but it's also a get right game for Towson following a, a conference loss. Excuse me. They beat Northeastern conference uh, conference non-cover. Right. Yeah. Kind of a, a lackluster last few minutes. There. Lackluster. A lot, North, yeah. a lot of Northeastern backers to squeak inside the number. Thank you. We appreciate that. Jim, uh, Big Ten showdown here. Road Rutgers headed to Happy Valley to take on Penn State. You know, I'm always trying to back Penn State, but Rutgers has been nothing short of fantastic the last four games. So what yeah, gives here? Those were all at the rack. All the I rack. Don't, I don't I trust this the team rack on the road. Uh, Penn State has been really, really solid. It seems like Shrewsbury's system is kind of taking hold there. You're getting engaged Jalen Pickett frequently, and that's a really good basketball player. Um, so I kind of lean towards the undermat, but we have seen quite a, an overtrend recently with efficiency. So probably a, a stay away from me on, on side in total. Let's get two more here. We'll go Big East and then one more Maction game. Kai, you're getting the Big East inquiry. Actually, no, I'm going to Jim for this one. Um, Providence Creighton. And please pause outline. me if I, if I swear on, on the outline. Okay, we'll talk about it in depth. So stay tuned. Uh, then Kai, one Maction game for you, Ohio hosting Bowling Green. Uh, myself and you were both Falcon backers last game. Are we going back to the well today? Uh, I lean their way, Matt. Eight and a half points seems big. I, I tend to think Bowling Green is going to play better in conference play here. Um, the Buffalo game was very disappointing, but then they bounced back mm-hmm. for us and they beat my Ohio in overtime. Uh, Ohio is dangerous. Mark Sears has been incredible. And Mac play Mac player of the year so far. Um, I, it's a hesitant one, Matt, but it's a Bowling Green lean for me. Bowling yep, Green's alive that team, too. remember? Yep, they, yep. They erratic swings game. in their games. Very erratic. Yes. Don't watch Ohio. The don't watch Ohio's the fun, really good, but vulnerable. That's my final two cents there. They're, so. they're really they've good. They've got some injuries can, right now too. They basically got yes. five players that, that that matter. Lack depth. I think up front they're not as potent defensively. All right, Jim. Back to the outline. I'll round up the rest of this. The flurry of questions coming in. Appreciate the activity today. Nice shot, monsters. All right, if we got the number one team in the country, Mateo Baylor, they're hosting Texas Tech. Injury issues on both sides. Uh, apparently, McCuller and Shannon are both game time decisions for Texas Tech. That's huge. Sohan likely out for Baylor. Uh, man, the, the Texas Tech defense has been unbelievable lately. Uh, Jared Burson from ESPN had a tweet. I think they've given up 64 paint points in the last six games combined, which yep. is absolutely <laughs> ludicrous. It's basically like 10 a game. No one's scoring inside against this team. But, man, I think Baylor has the shooters to loosen them up a little bit, especially like the spacing and small ball stuff they can play with Meyer at the four. 
Right. And they're going to have to get into some driving lanes to open up that pack line and get some open looks from the outside. That is the thing. I mean, Baylor's guards are little and you're going to think it's a pretty long and wingy defensive front there at Texas tech, even if they are shorthanded. Um, I guess my thing is like, can, can Texas tech actually score enough to, to cover this number? I, they basically were relying upon, um, I mean, they go back to the, the Iowa state game, just be, like had to manufacture points, scrap and claw. I think Baylor's a different gear and you're going to have to put up some points. Going to have to find some shots. Kai Bryson Williams was a man possessed against KU. I don't know if he can do it again inside against JTT or Canny. I don't know. There are a lot of like, matchups inside. I'm curious to watch here, especially with the, uh, the injury to Sochan. You can also go to the perimeter a little bit, Bryson Williams. He's just an awesome player. Uh, McCuller and Shannon, like Jim mentioned, game time decisions. I would wager heavily that one, at least, is back tonight. Maybe both. It seemed like Mark Adams was targeting this game for Shannon to come back just time frame wise. I mean, the opponent they played previously in Kansas is big too, but this one seemed to make sense for his time frame plus opponent. Um, obviously, they're off a huge win against Kansas. You always have to be wary of, of a letdown. Going to the number one team in the country seems like a pretty tough spot. But Baylor's been challenged in the Big 12. Iowa State, Oklahoma, and TCU all gave the Bears a run for their money. Bears covered uh, against TCU. They might have covered against Oklahoma too, but it was, it was short or close enough. Um, I hope Texas Tech's defense is enough here to muck it up. Pray Baylor isn't hot from deep and taking a massive 12 and a half point spread. I lean towards Texas Tech. Yeah, Baylor's been right on the number like all three yeah. games. And I think, yeah, two of the three they have not covered. So it's not like they've been some invincible superhuman force in, in conference play. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Meyer being able to stretch them out a little bit is huge. Baylor can compete in the paint. It's not like they're going to get outclassed by this, this Texas Tech defense and their physicality. And Akinjo and Cryer have been so freaking good. And Flagler, like the, the trio in the back. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, it's, it's excellent. So I even without Sohan, I'm hesitant to fade Baylor, uh, especially with the, the spot where Texas Tech coming off their, their monster home yep. hype environment atmosphere win. So, uh, yeah, riding the fence. Let's go back to the Big 12, guys. Stay there. Uh, another team coming off a big home win, now heading on the road. That would be Oklahoma State. Kai, they're heading to West Virginia. We don't know the status of Malik Curry for the Mountaineers. I believe he's a game-time decision. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State did not play Caleb Boone last game, which was weird, but they did have CSA back, so the rotation made a little bit of sense, I guess. Uh, this feels like a rock fight, although the last three West Virginia games have snuck over low totals. Uh, anything for you on side or total here? I, I, it's funny. You said it. I was like, Boone played. It was Keelan Boone, who had a great game for Oklahoma State. Yeah. I think he got hurt in the previous game. He barely played. So I think there's something going on there, but obviously it didn't matter against Texas. This game concerns me for Oklahoma State. Their second true road game here. Um, they barely beat Oral Roberts in overtime in their first one. West Virginia, Matt, pretty good home court, even though they just eked by Kansas State. Um, they're sitting at one and one, sitting at one and one in the Big Twelve. Obviously, there's motivation not to go under 500 there. Oklahoma State probably turns it over, Matt, 30, 40 times, 50, 60 times against this defense, this pressure. But they can uh, hopefully offset that with the glass. The offensive glass is where West Virginia has been uh, poor this season on defense. I don't really have a side in this one. I'm leaning towards an under bet, though, here. I don't think either team scores very easily against the other. Yeah, I kind of lean that way, too. I, efficiency should be low. The pace is a wild card. I feel like West Virginia, you don't know what you're going to get. It's you know, kind of a Forrest Gump type. of. Like, sometimes they get out and they play Helter Skelter, and then Sherman and McNeil, they're busting threes five, ten seconds in. Other times they're trying to work it inside. I, this offensive identity is still a work in progress. That's why I don't really like the ears in general, but I think this spot is pretty ripe for a vintage 
We're going to just dominate the glass. Oklahoma State's offense shooters go cold. I think the ears take care of business pretty handily here. Spot screams West Virginia gym. I just, just hard to trust that team. It really is. Yeah, I gave them a pretty sizable bump for home court here, not the standard three. I, I think it's a big spot for them. Uh, it's kind of like spot plus home court is how I factored that in. And yeah, Oklahoma State, I, I like them getting hyped up at Gallagher Iba, but I don't know about you know going a time zone over to West Virginia here. This is like the weird travel of Big Twelve because it's not uh, it's not in yeah. that like corridor in the middle of the country. So yeah, I lean towards West Virginia here and kind of a, a very strong spot for them. All right, Matt. Now we'll go Big East. We'll let you talk Providence Creighton. You're so excited to do it before. Uh, this is a weird schedule spot for Providence. They did the Chicago Milwaukee trip. And then they went back east, and now they're back in the central time zone again for the third time in like 11 days. No A.J. Reeves. He's likely still out with his finger issue. And I kind of like this matchup for Creighton, Matt, with Kalkbrenner being able to take out Watson. Not a lot of shooting uh, around the Providence perimeter without Reeves. Am I crazy for liking Creighton here? No, you're not. Um, I worry that I overreacted to Providence and finally gave them the upgrade they may not have deserved. You're right. I think the matchup and spot are, are very, very much in Creighton's favor, especially with their interior size up front with Kalkbrenner. Kai, I think that limits Providence's ability to score inside around the rim. They're going to have to hit shots. And when you take away A.J. Reeves, one of their most prolific outside shooters, options dry up pretty quickly. So I think the Jays get it done. I think Jim's got the winner here. A couple ATS stats for you. Providence is 5-0 and against the spread as a dog. 3-0 and as an away dog. Creighton is 2-5 and against the spread at home. One in five is a home favorite. So it seems like they play better when they don't have expectations to win the game. Scrappier as a dog. Oh, yeah. We've seen certain teams kind of wear that identity uh, better than others. But Creighton met their, the best four-factor factor they have going for them. They don't foul. Fourth in the country in free-throw rate allowed. And Providence has been living in the line against teams. I do think Nate Watson is a lot better than Ryan Cockburner. But to be fair, I haven't given Cockburner his fair due. He really is a good shot blocker. He's impressed me. Um, more this season after I thought he was just kind of a weakling inside last year. I think Reeves is important. Jim mentioned he's out. They got killed by Marquette. They got down by seven against St. John's in the second half. That uh, probably keeps me away from Providence in this game. Spreads too high for me, though, to lay the points. Four and a half now for Creighton. Yep. Again, I gave a bunch for for home in this one. Young team, uh, maybe I shouldn't be, considering the ATS stats that Kai just cited. But, um, yeah, I, I do really like the spot in matchup for Creighton. Um, I'm not calling Providence like a fraud by any means, but I, I think it's just kind of a, a tough to maintain that kind of success when you're barely a top 50 team per predictive measures like that, that matter, matters, unfortunately. Uh, so, okay. Creighton for me, although the numbers gotten bet up and I, I probably wouldn't lay over the four. Yeah. It's too expensive. I think I'd take it at three. I wouldn't take it at four and a half. Yeah. All right. Last one, another one out of the big 12, some great, great games in the big 12 tonight, Iowa state heading to Kansas. Man, Kai, we've got Kansas coming off a loss with an embarrassing yeah. defensive performance, quite frankly. Uh, they were like trying zones. They tried triangle and two against Texas Tech. They just could not figure out how to stop a Red Raider team that is that was shorthanded and kind of yeah. lacks offensive weaponry. So I kind of feel like we're getting big sell. Bill Self did a bunch of defensive coaching. They're going to be nails on that end, and they have way more potency offensively. Uh, I think this is a decent spot for Kansas, although they're laying, laying a huge number here. Yeah, even analytics have this less than odds makers. Kempon makes this game 11. You see it sitting at 12 and a half and open around that as well. Kansas off a loss is scary. 
Roy Williams is going to be in the building tonight. He's getting honored by Kansas. Um, against an Iowa State team who just got axed at Oklahoma, clearly not as good on the road this season, and Kansas is immense at home. I don't think Iowa State, Matt, has an answer for David McCormick, but it has been team defense for them. That's been their MO this season. They're, they're going to dig down. They're going to double. They're going to scrap. Maybe that offsets McCormick's advantage. Also, McCormick's been banished to the bench by self anyways, and Lightfoot is starting over him. I don't see uh, Iowa State really competing within double digits in this one. But 12 and a half, I don't have the, the stones, Matt, to lay that. I do. So Ooh. I'm going to lay it. I got okay. some big old stones here. I think they smack Iowa State here. I love the clones. I think their defense is predicated more on pressure and catching ball handlers off guard and blowing up ball screens and getting in passing lanes. But KU's just so balanced and so well connected, and they pass so well as a team. I think they just render all that moot. And you look at the advantages they have up front with the emergence of McCormick. I'm still completely confused as to what I saw defensively against Texas Tech, but Iowa State's like even more inept than Texas Tech is on offense a lot of times. And so I think you get a better defensive effort, as Jim said, with the proper corrections from self, coupled with a worse offense, plus a great spot. I think you check all the boxes here for KU. I know it's a conference game. I know laying double digits is never a good proposition, uh, but this is an exception. I like KU. Yep, I like KU as well. Uh, Fun fact here that I, I was surprised by, the last 10 meetings between these two at Allen Fieldhouse have gone over 10 straight. <laughs> but I mean, this is a, a new wow. coach, two new teams. Uh, so I'm not really putting a lot of uh, stock in that. I'm not betting the over to be very clear, but we're trying to give the people Intel information. Yeah, so I, like I figured we, we, we'd convey that. Probably a lot of like mayor and Steve Prohm just up and down. So yeah, obviously exactly. Oates is a categorically different coach, but right. And it's just Iowa state being mega defense first is like a revelation. Right. The whole identity has, hasn't changed. been the case. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with Matt. I around 12, I would probably lay it up to 13, maybe not. But uh, I do think it's a great, great spot for the Jayhawks. All right, back to chat mob. Remember to hit that like button for us. We appreciate that. Subscribe to the channel. Spread the word. Always a big help for us. Matt, what kind of questions we got? Let's start with one that I love. Teaser. I almost made this my best bet. Delaware Drexel. Kyle, say nothing more. What are you looking at in this game? Delaware. Delaware yeah, for me. Too. Drexel's off that Delaware. big win against Towson. Uh, frankly, if you watch that game, I don't think Drexel should have won. Uh, Okros hit like <laughs> Okros hit like 10 threes. Towson got way better shots. It, I was on Drexel too, so I'll admit it was kind of a lucky win for them. James Butler seemed to gotten hurt in that second half for Drexel. He is one of the best players, and he played like crap, by the way, that game as well. Um, I Yeah, and Delaware... Yeah, they haven't looked great so far this year, but they're the more talented team. Um, and I think they get it done here. I think they win. Yep, like Delhi. I'm on them. I think they went out right. Um, next one, Jim. VCU, George Washington. Big spread for a conference game, but all VCU does is put people in the sweeper hold and their offense can't do anything. George Washington was pretty pathetic in their first game back from COVID against Dayton. I did take them tonight, but this is a cover your eyes and hope for the best type bet for me. Yeah, they looked really bad against Dayton, like terrible. And VCU can make you look even worse defensively. And I like I'm gonna keep beating the drum for it. I think the offense is underrated with Baldwin back. He's actually yeah, a creator. He's hit a couple of shots for him. He generates more steals. They can score in transition. The the rating in terms of analytics hasn't really boosted up that high. But I think I think VCU is the best team in the A10 right now. That that team rocks. Wow. Kai. 
It's a big take here. I'm going to have to. I, I agree. That. No, I totally agree. <laughs> I'm still a believer in Slew and Richmond yeah. and Bonnie's. I think it's going to be a fun little race at the A10. I think the A10 is actually going to be fine. It's good. Believer in, why are you a believer in okay. Richmond right now? Yeah, they Richmond. Lost by 30 at home to St. Joe's. They lost a yeah. COVID addled Slew. It's a bad team. They're still good. Not bad. Tyler Burton's a star. Um, uh, another game I don't want to talk, but it starts in 30 minutes. Kai Quinnipiac versus Canisius. Uh, how bad can Canisius be is really what this comes down to. We don't know who's going to play. They're off a of COVID pause. Malik Green was in protocols before. Now I think he should come back. They're probably going to be down a couple other guys here. I don't know. What are you looking at? This is just fade Canisius and move on. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I can't figure out Canisius, man. They, they haven't had Yako Fritz or Malik Green the last two games and they won easily. They covered easily without their t- arguably their two best players out, outside of uh no, they might, no, they're probably their two best players. Um, I'm not even going to, touch this game. Canisius is one of the weirdest squads in the entire country. Yeah, they beat Buffalo. A insane comeback. I don't, you're right. I don't know. Really Throw the records out. Throw them out? Yep. All right. You're right. That Jim's prime right there. Um, okay, we're going to Big East action. DePaul Marquette, kind of a upper Midwest corridor game here. Easy travel for our Blue Demons, Kai. I was really excited to bet Marquette, Jim, but then they beat Providence by a million, and so now their price is like in the clouds in the market. So I did take a DePaul small, but man, it's DePaul in the Big East. And oh, what do you know? They're 0 and 4. And I believe they're 1 and 3 against the number since conference play started. So, yeah, oh, is this to me? Um, yeah, oh, I yeah, mean, sorry. <laughs> I, I've, I prefer DePaul here. I don't like Marquette laying points. Number has gone down though. So I do not recommend it at six. Uh, there's been buyback back and forth in the market. So it does it if it does spike back to seven. I think that's a decent look for you. Um, the total's been all over the place too. This feels like a track meet. Both teams really prefer to play in transition. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the over, but there's definitely been money coming in under wise too. So lean towards uh, DePaul if you can get that seven. Kai, Florida State is laying six and a half to Miami, Florida. Some folks seem to think this is outrageously too high given the form that both teams are in. Miami obviously yep. off the impressive win at Duke and Florida State coming off their COVID pause have not quite looked like the standard Leonard Hamilton type team. I actually lean the Knowles and I didn't trust my number, so I didn't take it, but where are you at on this game? No, I lean the Canes, but I hate that I've seen multiple people say this spread's ridiculous um, because all they're looking at is record and all they're looking at is Miami beating Duke, and it's frustrating me. So I am on the side of the squares tonight with Miami plus six and a half. Yeah, Miami's five and oh. I have a hard time seeing them play two straight incredible road efforts. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see. Florida, Florida State, though, has sucked this year, and that Louisville win does not impress me at all. Yeah, yeah Louisville's been... Man, we're we're going to convince worst. Matt Louisville is not very good by the end of the season. At some yeah, point. Louisville and Incarnate War, I, I will die on both those hills. Uh, <laughs> Cardinals. A painful, painful death. That's right, yeah, both Cardinals. Cardinals common denominator there. Um, Jim, Illinois, Nebraska. Uh, this one's going to be in the Cornhusker State. Illinois has been a cover machine, I believe, as pointed out in the chat very astutely, six of last seven. Um, I don't know how Nebraska stops Kofi inside. I know Derek Walker's a guy who I've watched. I like a little bit of what he can offer, but Kofi's, like I said, he's college Shaq. He's a different beast. And Illinois, when they're making shots, they're unguardable. Yeah, I, I think Illinois is kind of in the murder terrible teams mode, and Nebraska's awful. I think they, I think Illinois does to Nebraska what Michigan did to them, kind of like a just total stomping on the road. My number leaned towards Nebraska, and I said, no, no, thank you. I don't want to back yep, home dog Nebraska against a monster Illinois team that's rolling right now. I believe McGowan's is out tonight as well. 
uh, the one who wasn't already out. So yeah, you don't need any other injuries on top of the already fairly pillaged roster. I think it's, isn't it just Trey that's out? I don't think Bryce is out. I don't think Bryce is on Matt. And if he is, I need to get off Nebraska. So let's uh, let's check okay, on that one, shall we? It's, I think it's just Trey. Trey's not check. out. Trey's been out the whole year, right? But Trey's been out. Okay, so he was close, yeah. right? He was close coming back, and now he's going to still okay. be out. Okay, boom, false Good. alarm. Sorry, Kai. You can hold your Nebraska bet. I was no, like, well, I'm getting off. I, a small play on Nebraska for me, by the way, for, for those keeping track at home. And I hate it. It's a Kobe's going to Kobe's going to have 30 and 20, but hopefully they stick around. <laughs> uh, Jim Davidson is playing, and I can't read my handwriting. They're playing UMass, right? UMass, yes. Oh yeah, the team I just watched give up like transition after transition bucket, like a turnstile <clears> to the, the Dukes. Um, and I'm on him tonight. Michael Stebbin was impressive against. Duquesne, but man, I don't trust Matt McCall at all. I just think the number's too big. So I took UMass. Yeah, this this is another hold your nose. Like, I, I don't think UMass is good at all. They are one of the worst defensive teams in high major land. And Davidson is like pristine execution. So you need like a little bit less engagement from Davidson. Otherwise, they cut the UMass defense to ribbons. But I also think it's a bit too high. UMass does have some offensive talent. Someone in the chat asked about the over in this game. That's probably the way to go. UMass is one of the best over teams in the country because they play awful defense they're really good at offense and they run so that's probably the way i'd lean as well in this game yeah and david's not like a transition centric attack but like if you're going to give them a red carpet to the rim they will gladly take it and and out in transition so i think that my points will be uh in abundance there all right last one i'll check the chat for any last uh i think there's been a flurry of questions coming in late here but liberty north florida well a sun showdown i like the birds of trey as we called him jimmy uh, the Ospreys getting healthier, playing the Flames, who have been, I don't know, fine so far. It's a big number. Yeah, Liberty's not been ultra convincing. Uh, the the zone, North Florida, takes away the three-point line. It's a weird zone in that sense, where it's like all about flooding the three-point line and forcing you into the middle. And that takes away what Liberty wants to do. They want to bomb threes. Uh, I don't have – I looked at the like historical matchups. I don't have the historical ATS data. But North Florida's been really good against Liberty the last like five years. I think the zone just gives – them problems and North Florida can shoot over the top of the pack line. It's a solid matchup for the Ospreys. Yeah, it's been bet down a little bit, but I mean, 15 on the road. Yeah, I take the Ospreys, folks. I think that's a that's a pretty good, that's a steep price. Uh, one just came in here. I want to throw it out there, Kai. Some strong line movement this morning. Eastern Kentucky, North Alabama. I believe it opened at two and it got bet up to what five, and it got bet five and a half. down a little bit, yeah. five and a half. So some some tug of war, but most of the strong arm pullers are on the side of Eastern Kentucky. I think they mall North Alabama today. Yep. Yeah. The market's on the right side here. Uh, the reason why EK has been bad is because they had three of the best players out um, two games ago. They were getting back into the swing of things last game. I think this is the game they go. Unfortunately, everyone else does as well. Um, hence the huge number right now, probably wouldn't recommend it at five and a half, but I wouldn't be surprised. This is a double digit win for EKU. I'd be okay with five here. Five and a half. No. Uh, hey, how about, Tulane Diary pointing out a very fun game that we should have talked about long before in this program. The Arch Baron rivalry, Slew Dayton. Jim, I believe that we are butting heads on this one. Uh, Tulane looks like he likes Slew, which is where I stand, but you're on the other side, I believe, correct? Yeah, I kind of lean towards Dayton here. I think it's a great home spot for them, although I do have a friend that lives in Dayton. He said that he's not going to the game because of COVID concerns, so perhaps that will thin the crowd a little bit, but uh, I just think Dayton team at home has been really solid once they've handed Malachi Smith the keys. They did lose to VCU, but I've already beat the drum for VCU. Like, I think that team is just incredible. Um, and so if you don't get Mark, Martin Linson back for SLU, they've got a disadvantage inside. Dayton's front court is great. Uh, I lean towards the Flyers. Yeah, Matthew. 
All right, last one. I lied. Ryan Abramowitz, got to get our guy here some love here. I did not. Best bets. Best bets. Best bet. That's right. We are saving it. Kai, let's kick us off with best bets. Start us off there. Let's talk about the game you're going to say. Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Ole Miss plus four and a half is my best bet. Uh, I am way more impressed with Ole Miss's OT loss to Tennessee and 10-point win against Mississippi State than Texas A&M's two-point win over Georgia and a five-point win over Road, Arkansas. Those two things are not even comparable to me. You're giving me four and a half points on a team that I think is better. I think Ole Miss is better than Texas A&M. Jarkel Joyner, I don't expect him to be 100%. He came back for like six minutes last game. Yep. Don't really consider him in this matchup here. Matt morell has been awesome. He's averaging 24 points a game, nine for 11 from three in his last two games. Deshaun Ruffin is turning into a stud. Um, the ball handling is concerning without Joyner. They've definitely turned the ball over without him in the lineup. But I don't think Texas A&M's offense is going to get there. Jim, they're number one in the, conf- in, in the conference and offense right now. Texas A&M is for Kempom. That's a fluke. That's coming back down. So Ole Miss plus four and a half is my best bet. Yeah, that's probably the right side here, I think. Uh, so I'm on, I'm on the Rebels, too. Yeah. Uh, hey, I wanted to mention real quick, I, I just because it's Stetson at Jacksonville. Land it's Sharp. almost like you got you to gotta bet Stetson after Stetson Bennett had his big moment in the sun last uh, night. There right? you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> For a completely non-basketball-related angle. All right, go, Matt, go, go ahead with your best bet. Ball State. Um, I almost scrapped this for my best bet when I have found a lovely local forum that claims a Ball State forum, mind you, that is convinced Akron wins by 20 tonight. Some guys like, yeah, I found a free bet in my DraftKings account. I'm going to empty it on Akron. Like they think Ball State's (laughs) terrible. And I'm like, I want to tell the Ball State local fan diehard alumni that your team's not that bad. And you're catching eight against Akron, a team I do not believe in still. Um, their best player is Ali Ali, who's had a nice year. Um, I don't think he's like this bona fide awesome alpha that he was a former walk on, which is crazy. Right. He's a former walk on. Like, great. They almost beat Ohio State. It's the first game of the year. I don't care. Doesn't weird stuff happens. This is far too many points to be catching in a conference game. Uh, I love the Cardinals at eight. All states covered three in a row for the last five, Matt. So they've definitely Ooh, rounded more. So awful. They've rounded fans. more into form lately. At the beginning of the year, they were an absolute train wreck. Yeah, that form did spook me though. It was like we need to fire Whitford and our team is terrible. Like, I don't I disagree don't with that take, way. to be honest. But yeah, that's either here yeah. or there. Neither here, right? Jim, go ahead. All right. My best bet is Northeastern James Madison over. I think this game is up and down. I think Northeastern's defense is a little bit problematic right now, missing two lanky switchable athletes and Scott Grayson and Shaq Walters. And we know Bill Cohen probably not there either. So Northeastern kind of a wreck. This this James Madison side has been bet up from three and a half to six. So people are all over that angle. Uh, I think there's still value on the over though. 139 and a half. I think we see plenty of points there. Uh, so that is my best bet. Logging up and over. Yeah, sideways. I think JMU, this is their game. Too many points late right now, but the opening number was juicy for the Dukes. Yep. Yeah, we like Agreed. the Dukes. I mean, like it's, it's hard to like predict Northeastern being 0-4 in, in the CAA. It is. But so shorthanded. Two of your best three players and the star coach. That's that's a yeah. problem. All right. Agreed. That wraps it up. Anything else, guys? I got nothing. Nope. We're back tomorrow. All right. All right. Yep. No back tomorrow. Off. Same time, 1 p.m. Eastern. We're here all through this week. Every day through Sunday, we'll be on the show here on the, the Field of 68 show presented by Bet Rivers. Remember to hit the like button. Remember to subscribe. Thank you, everybody, for joining in on the chat mob. And we will see you again tomorrow.